baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You are entering the news vault from KCBS Radio. Flames and the smoke. I have a tape recorder in my hand. Now, nobody would think of doing that. The newsmen were blocking the door. It worked for a couple of seconds. Bringing the sounds of history back to life. Here is your host, Stan Bunger. This episode looks at some enterprise reporting done in 1989 by KCBS reporter Mike Sugarman. The issue was the California Crime Victims Compensation Fund. For many years, California, like other states, has had a victim compensation fund, which will uh, reimburse, to some extent, those who've been victims of crime. There are no taxpayer dollars involved. The program is funded by offenders and by restitution, fines, and orders, and a portion of state penalty assessments. But in 1989, complaints had arisen that some people were not getting their claims paid out in a prompt and expeditious fashion. And so KCBS reporter Mike Sugarman went to work. of Roshan Johnson, an innocent bystander of a San Francisco gang shooting. Her family grieves. Her friends start a trust fund to help pay expenses. But because they don't know the law, they may be jeopardizing payment from the state her family is entitled to. Victim witness, this is Ronan. Like most Californians, they have no idea there is a fund in the state for victims of violent crime. Right, and she had filed for medical expenses, is that correct? Right, she lost some time off from work, too, right? Yeah. Okay. The Victims of Crime program is run out of Sacramento, the State Board of Control, dispensing money from the Victims' Compensation Fund. In the state of California, any victim of violent crime can apply to have any out-of-pocket medical expenses, uh, as well as lost wages, paid for out of the state compensation fund. Now, all this money comes from criminal assessments, from fines paid by criminals. Ronan Byrne, victim advocate in San Francisco's Victim Witness Assistance Program, works to get victims their share of the fund, which doesn't use a penny of taxpayer money, and which at the moment has a huge surplus. He is one of many people who say they see what this program can be and only wish that it lived up to its billing. Six-year-old Michael is starting to have fun again. He's out with his friends, but it's taken some work. Two years ago, he was being molested by his babysitter, told not to tell anyone or his baby brother would die. Expensive counseling has helped. It's been good for the whole family. We did need counseling. I mean, it was immediate counseling, or I'd be in jail for killing the criminal. But because the state has not paid the money she is entitled to, the counselor has told Michael's mother, Denise, he won't be able to see them anymore. History suggestive of possible molest. In a crisp antiseptic Sacramento hearing room, the three-member board of control listens to cases of people who believe they have a claim to some of the money the criminals have been forced to pay. Mr. Schumann abstains. I will second Dr. Jaffe's motion. I do not feel that it's a qualifying circumstances. The claim is denied. Critics say they hear that much too often. The board of control historically was established to protect the funds of the state. It's the body that the reviews claims against the state. Their tendency, historically, is to say no. I mean, that's their role. They say no and force people to go into court. And yet, here they've been given a program where the 
the tendency should be to say yes unless it doesn't qualify, but they still, I believe, have the mentality of saying no unless you can prove your case. Attorney Michael Siegel is a specialist in child abuse cases before the board. He wins many of his cases, and in its defense, the board does approve 85% of the claims it gets, but it is the 15% in the gray area where there might be a question if a crime really occurred, if the victim contributed to the crime. That is at the heart of the controversy. It's bad enough that they went through this incident, and some of these incidents are pretty horrifying, and they have to live with it for the rest of their lives. But then to have to answer to a system that is questioning them over and over again and putting them through um, a second victimization, I think, you know, morally in some ways that's wrong. Gene Hassett is a victim witness specialist in San Francisco who argues the board is so arbitrary in its decision-making process she never knows what claim will be approved and what claim will be denied. And even if it is okayed, what her clients have to go through is never very easy. Fighting bureaucracy is always frustrating, but imagine having to do it after the worst thing that's ever happened to you. There's too much of the onus is placed, uh, onus is placed upon the victim in proving that care was needed, that, that the medical care they get is, is tied into the incident, and in literally crossing the T's and dotting the I's. San Francisco victim advocate Ronan Byrne shares many critics' view of the bureaucracy set up in Sacramento. Claims are supposed to be paid out in 90 days. A year ago, it was taking two years to pay. Now it's down to between six and eight months. Counselor Tana Clark hasn't been paid in four and a half years. And now the board says it will pay only one-fourth of her $15,000 bill because the victim in the case had psychological problems before the crime and believes it shouldn't have to pay the entire tab. She has stopped seeing victims. There are very few providers who, at this point, are willing to provide treatment for the victims anymore for obvious reasons. We are abused as well. Look at, look at the abuse that they've told me, yes, these things will be paid, and then it comes to the board and they say, sorry, we won't pay you. The psychologist seeing Michael, the boy molested by his babysitter, has also stopped because he hasn't been paid. And Mother Denise is faced with a huge bill. I can't leave my children. I can't work. We're barely surviving. Would you be Her claim has been held up because there was no prosecution in the case. Her son was too young to testify. So proving there really was a crime is not easy. And papers proving Michael was molested were slow coming to the attention of the Board of Control. That was not its fault. Her claim was finally approved. But in the meantime, she has collected bills. Not uncommon for victims, advocate Byrne finds. It's, it's just one more bit of paper that we really mean while the, the victim is terrified because they see this bill piling up. You know, and, and whether they know that, that chances are it's going to get paid anyway. But meanwhile, you see this bill getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Those who run the program acknowledge there are some problems with the system, but say things are much better than they have been in the past and believe their program is working. What they say when victims of the bureaucracy, the Victims' Compensation Fund, continues on News 74 KCBS. The man in charge of the day-to-day -day operation of the Victims of Crime program is Ted Bouton. He has heard all of the criticism and then some. He started a year ago and is acknowledged by most people involved as the man responsible for helping get the program back on track. Virtually all agree it was a disaster before he came on board. He points out other states look to California as a model program and says he doesn't want to prevent money from going to people who are entitled to it. We're not looking to deny uh, deserving victims, but we, we, we feel that the, the law requires that we do apply the criteria in that, and we do that as fairly and as justly as we can. He sees his job as making sure people who deserve money get it, but his staff has to make sure those people are entitled, he says. They need documentation. Child molestation cases like Michael's are among the toughest, he says, because like Michael's, most are not prosecuted, and proving there was a crime is not very easy. He understands that is not pleasant 
but says it is necessary. Uh, in many cases involving child molest, uh, either that documentation doesn't exist or it's, it's not very definitive. And in those cases, uh, to qualify a crime under the law, we believe we have to, to go a, a step further to determine something that would allow the board in, in its uh, discretion to conclude that a, a preponderance of evidence uh, that a crime exists uh, occurred. Bouton says picking individual cases and spotlighting them is not really fair to see how the program is working. He says he can pick many more cases where things go smoothly. Victim advocate Ronan Byrne agrees with that, but does say even the run-of-the-mill case takes too much out of the victim who has already gone through enough. The system tends to be too bureaucratic. Uh, there tends to be too much documentation needed to prove that every single expense is related to the crime and and uh, the victim is, is made to, to jump through the hoops. Others, too, complain the bureaucracy is just out of hand. Though things have improved, there are still cases of paperwork and files getting lost, and that means the victim once again has to collect and send in the data, delaying the process even more. Attorney Michael Siegel works out of Sacramento and feels lucky for that. I don't mail anymore, because um, they always claim that it got lost in the mail. So. For the last uh, four years, I hand deliver everything to the board office, and I get staff to sign that they received it. So at least we have that to argue when they say, oh, we never got it, you never sent it. And though things have improved, it still happens. Sources told us of a box of mail just found that was four months old. Program officer Boughton didn't deny it. There's occasionally some pieces of mail that, uh, that we come across. As I said, it's a, uh, it's a large program, and... Uh, uh, there can be misplaced mail, and I think that that's probably not atypical of any program our size. It is becoming a big program, and that seems to be one of the problems. In the last several years, the number of claims has skyrocketed. In the past fiscal year, it paid out $49 million to 27,000 claimants, and even Boughton admits the program couldn't handle that. But in the past year, the number of staffers has doubled to 190, and the overall backlog of cases has dropped from 11,000 to 7,000. But still, critics complain about those hoops and rings, coming at a time when a claimant least needs trouble. Advocate Byrne sends in several applications he knows will be refused because of rules, he says, that send him in circles. Uh, if an individual comes into me and says they were out at San Francisco General Hospital, they have $20,000 worth of bills, I apply on their behalf to the state board. We get back a response, isn't this person eligible for the medically indigent adult program? And then we have to go through the motions of proving they're not. San Francisco General doesn't have the staff to keep their operations going day to day as it is. They can hardly take the time to respond to a question like that. It all takes time. Michael, the boy molested, will have his therapist bill paid off. But for his mother, getting the money was very painful. She had to appear in front of the board because those papers were slow in coming. They're the ones that denied the case in the first place. And that they're not refunding me for driving all the way here today or for what my son and I have gone through the last month. I have no voice. It's like this court date coming up, we've gone through the molest all over again. The Victims of Crime program can be a godsend, but as we mentioned, it is not very well known. Friends of Roshan Johnson, collecting money to pay for her funeral, didn't know about it, and if they had raised enough money, the state would not have reimbursed the family because money did not come out of its pocket. They were advised of the law by local victim advocates, and their claim is now in. Trust fund money can now go to other expenses. And possibly because it is not well known, only about 5% of victims eligible do apply to the fund, though officials say in other states it runs about the same rate. But because of that, the fund, made up of fines from criminals, has a huge surplus. Governor Duke Majin wants to take $30 million from the fund and transfer it to spend on programs for juvenile offenders, away from victims to the perpetrators. That has set off an intense political debate.
Whatever happens with that issue, Ted Bowden of the Crime Victims Program says things are only going to get better for his beleaguered agency. I think it's doing a lot better than it was a year ago. Uh, we had some problems a year ago. I don't think there's any any question about that. We've made tremendous improvement, I think, in the last year. We've increased payments dramatically. Uh, we've increased claims approval dramatically. We've doubled that in the last year. Um, there are some, some things that we still need to, to work on, uh, but I think overall that we've made uh, substantial improvement, and I think that that'll continue. Victims going through the system now can only hope Mr. Bowden is right. Mike Sugarman, News 74, KCBS. Remember to follow the News Vault from KCBS Radio on social media. On Facebook, we're at News Vault Podcast. On Twitter, find us at News Vault SF. On Instagram, we're at News Vault. Until our next episode, you are leaving the News Vault from KCBS Radio. Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.